That's true. I'm his mom. I'm also your host for the Auto Parent Podcast. My name is Reverend Casey Vanatta Casebeer. I am an associate pastor and director of family ministries at Foundry United Methodist Church in Washington, D.C., and I'm a mom. Y'all, whatever we need this podcast to be, whether it's a space for solidarity or hope, or to receive permission to tell guilt and shame to kick rocks. Whatever we need for this parenting journey, I pray we find it here together. So come on, let's pray toward it, and let's do it. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Auto Parent Podcast, episode five, which we're calling the one with last names so long they don't fit on debit cards or online forms. And you'll see why in just a moment. I, of course, am your host, Pastor Casey Van Atta, hyphen Casebeer, and y'all know me. So let's just skip this part and get to our special guest for this episode. That's right. We have a special guest because it's episode five and it is time to step it up. Our special guest for this episode is Reverend Corey Alexander Willette, and she is a senior pastor of Bethel United Methodist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and she is a dog mom to Leo. So welcome to the pod, Corey. Well, it is an honor to be here with my 14-mile-long last name, so... (laughs) And I'm also a cat mom to Lillian Kingsley. And yes, they're named after Harry Potter. And sometimes cat moms don't get enough credit. So shout out to all of the cat moms, too. That's very true. I often don't give credit for cat moms because cats are demonic, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. What a segue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Our lectionary passage for this week includes more demons, which I know you're looking forward to so much. (laughs) So uh, we're going to get to know our special guest uh, with some curated questions that I think will help us. Number one, what's your favorite ice cream? So my favorite ice cream, Breyers makes this Oreo Chips Ahoy combination ice cream. What? And so you get this wonderful blend of Oreo, like cookies and cream ice cream, and also like this caramelly Chips Ahoy ice cream, and you get chunks of Chips Ahoy cookies and Oreo cookies. And sometimes when I'm having a bad day, my partner will pick some up from the store and be like, I got you a gift. (laughs) (laughs) That ice cream sounds like of heaven, like the best thing imaginable. The best part is that my husband doesn't like sweets, and so I get to eat all of it. (laughs) All of it by yourself. That's the best. Really, that's the best. I am not like a big ice cream person, and I have a really complex relationship with most food. So, But I've been told that my favorite ice cream flavor is really off-brand for me because it's vegan vanilla oat ice cream. Who are you? 
I know, right? It's see, you know me so well, and you're like, yeah. that is so off brand. Apparently not. If your favorite <laughs> ice cream is vegan. Apparently we're strangers. It's so, so good. Can't recommend it enough. Okay, let's just get right into it and talk about what's your biggest pet peeve. Right. So my pet peeve is related to my new marriage. Before we got married, I did not like we did not live together before we got married. And so it has on top of being married in a pandemic, there were also things that we had to learn about living together. And it turns out that my husband is one of the people who when he like peels a potato or cracks eggs, he just puts it in the sink Ugh. and then leaves it there <laughs> until I come along. And I'm like, hey, bud, do you know what's in the sink right now? And he's like, yeah, probably some potato peels and probably a couple of eggshells. And I'm like, yeah. Do you know what's a really cool invention we have in our house? A trash can. <laughs> so that is currently my biggest pet peeve and the only thing I can think about because there are probably currently eggshells in my sink as we speak. Yeah, that's that's terrible. I remember at our house in Tennessee, we didn't have a garbage disposal and Greg would do the same thing. And I was just like, can you just move the trash can over here and do the thing that way? Uh, yeah, it was super, super frustrating. So when we moved here and got a garbage disposal, I was like, oh. Thank God. Well, apparently it's too hard. It's too much. It's too difficult to aim the potato peels into the trash can. What? I mean, how small is your trash can? Jesus. It's a normal size trash can. (laughs) Okay. Technically, we do have one with one of the swing lids now. Oh, I see. And so oftentimes I'll be like, hey, Corey, I'm trying to throw this away. Will you come open the, like, take the lid off the trash can so that I can get into it? Yeah. Well, I'm what I am totally, totally with you on that pet peeve for sure. I think that my biggest pet peeve is like it's an existential crisis every time it happens. And I try to avoid it like for my entire life. I've tried to avoid it. And I will tell you how and how extensive this is. So my biggest pet peeve in the entire world is going backwards. I hate it. I won't do it. I don't like it at all. Like when I go into the grocery store, for example, Mm. if I've already passed a section and I needed something in that section, too bad. Like I I will not turn the card around and go backwards. I won't do it. It's like a matter of principle. The other thing is like if I leave the house and I forgot something, don't care. Like, it's gone forever. <laughs> it's gone forever. It no it's, longer <laughs> exists. Exactly. We have no I, object permanence. <laughs> Right. I'm like a toddler in that regard. Like, don't see it doesn't exist. I remember we were going on a trip once and it was going to be a quick trip, but we were we were flying. And I think we're going to be gone for a couple of days. And I drove off without my entire toiletries, like everything, toothbrush, like the whole deal, hairdryer, all of it drove off without all of it. Um, And we were I mean, we haven't we hadn't even gotten to the end of our street Like, I swear to you, we weren't even a mile from our house. And Greg was like, let's turn around and go back and get it. And I was like, I. No, we have to buy new ones. (laughs) I transitioned. We'll buy them when we get there. (laughs) Into my demon voice and was like, no, we will not turn around. Yeah, it was a whole ordeal. And I'm I'm just going to say, like, I stand by it. I mean, (laughs) I stand by it. It does not make me feel good. Okay, I want us to try to recall the funniest thing that's ever happened while you were in church? I mean, honestly, like, 
That's a hard question. And I almost want to just tell you what happened today, this morning <laughs> for our drive-in service. Okay, tell me what happened today. Here at Bethel, we are doing drive-in services because COVID. And uh, we have like an FM transmitter and our musician brings his own like keyboard and it's a super nice keyboard. And sometimes it works for us to plug his keyboard into his computer and then into the transmitter. Sometimes it doesn't. We're also live streaming these services. And so we're like, we've got a million things trying to go on. Can we just pause for a moment and talk about like how much tech is required to do what we're doing right now and how none of us went to seminary for that purpose. Yeah, <laughs> if I didn't have like GarageBand and iMovie, I would say that I am very mediocre at both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> With all of the last like year of experience of video editing and live streaming and all this stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I had my computer fully charged this morning because like 100% our service lasts like 30 minutes. It's fine. <laughs> In and out. So we're doing this drive-in service. James gets here with all of his stuff and he is walking away to do something and he trips over his keyboard (laughs) power source, (laughs) pulling it from the back of the keyboard. So I like walk off to do my thing for a few minutes and I come back and the other, like the church's keyboard is out and I'm like, oh no, what has happened? (laughs) So he's like, so you know how I tripped over that power cord? Well, a piece broke. And so now I can't put the power cord in the keyboard. And I was like, great. So we've got this one. And so he's got it all plugged into his amp and it is making the worst feedback sound I have ever (laughs) heard. So he pushes the keyboard and it just does its own thing. Like it plays six notes, like who knows what it's doing? So that's not working. So I'm like, okay, can you, do you have a guitar with you? Because he also plays the guitar. He was like, no. I was like, great. If I give you a guitar, can you play it? He was like, well, is it left-handed? And I was like, obviously not. <laughs> we have no music. It is also 10 o'clock and the live stream is supposed to be up. And at 10.04, I finally turned the live stream on. So we have no music. Also keep in mind, it is 30 degrees. <laughs> there are snowflakes falling from the sky. Granted, like, it is not actively snowing, but I saw snowflakes. At one point, there was one on the edge of my hat that I could see. (laughs) I wore my clergy collar today to keep my neck warm. Neck warmth. So important. Right. So we start the service, and I'm like, look, here are all the announcements. Also, there's no music because demons. (laughs) And So we're in the service and I'm like, okay, like I can carry a tune. Like if I can pick the key, like if I don't have to sing it too high, like I can sing the doxology. I can (laughs) sing glory be to the father. Like that's fine. (laughs) So we are chugging along through worship and I'm halfway through my sermon. So I glance over at my computer in the middle of my sermon, expecting to see the green light above my camera. (laughs) And the whole screen is just dark. And I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe something, maybe it's still on. (laughs) Maybe it's still, like, maybe YouTube is still live. So I finish my sermon and I walk over to the computer to just, like, click on some buttons and see if it'll turn back on. And it doesn't. I'm like, well, there goes that. Oh, no. And we still have communion to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's a first Sunday. It's a first Sunday. (laughs) It's communion Sunday. So the people at home don't get half of the last half of my sermon or communion because oh, no. there's nothing I can do. 
And so finally we finished the service and I'm like, this is miserable. I can't feel my fingers. Like (laughs) the hand warmers in my pockets have even gotten cold because they haven't been like exposed to the air enough. Right. And so it's just this huge mess. And I like closed down and the best part of the whole morning was we had finished the Apostles Creed and I start singing Glory Be to the Father. And I look at our musician's car, like I look at him because he's in my line of view, and he is headbanging to glory <laughs> be to the father. <laughs> that is such a headbanger, that so, one. <laughs> may we all always headbang to glory be to the father and to the son and to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> What a beautiful way to benedict that story. Uh, thank oh, you very much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Amazing. It's it's hilarious too because at this point like when things like that go wrong, we have to laugh. Like we yep. absolutely have to laugh. I could not be I, upset in the middle of the service and just like yeah. cry. I saved exactly. that later. <laughs> in, in the Kroger. Kroger. <laughs> Exactly. I think my story will totally pale in comparison to yours. Uh, But the funniest thing that's ever happened in church, one time in an appointment I was serving and we had two services and we had a a later service that was more like contemporary and praise bandy. And in that spirit, we left the doors open to the church. They were just open. At one point, I'm up there doing the pastoral prayer and I see walking down the middle aisle of the church a golden dog just scampering down the front aisle (laughs) straight to the (laughs) altar. And I was like, does the dog need prayer? Like, is the, is the dog's owner here? Like, I'm like, it's a moment of sheer panic, right? Cause Mm -hmm. I'm on the stage. I can see the dog. No one else is aware that this dog has entered the premises <laughs> for people that can see it walking down the middle aisle. Wait, but how dare you have your eyes open during a prayer? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. How dare me? So I kind of like look at our head usher, like we make our contact. I look at our head usher and I'm saying with my eyes, will you get this damn dog out of our church? <laughs> Please, for the love of God, will you get this dog out of the church? So he gets up, starts to get near the dog and try to, you know, push the dog out the door. And the dog gets the zoomies and just takes off and starts like circling the (laughs) altar. Like gotta get knocking, my laps in. <laughs> exactly. Like knocking stuff over, just like running around like crazy. It was it it was one of the craziest things that's ever happened. And eventually Ugh. the usher did get the dog out of the church, but not before it was like a whole thing. Yeah. Which was hilarious. So so funny. Dogs need Jesus too. All dogs go to heaven. Yeah, they do. And we'll talk about cats later. Um, so <laughs> when we get to the demons, <laughs> when we get to the demon part, churches also like funny things happening at churches are hilarious to me because like it's supposed to be a really somber and reverent environment, right. and just time like anytime something happens, it's hilarious. Good, good times. Okay, so right. we are going to since we're talking about demons in our lectionary passage, and we've talked about demons quite a bit so far. Corey and I put together some demon fun facts for you all, which I think you're going to be 
very pleased with. And disclaimer, they are all 100% true. They are factual. I said what I said. All right, so we're just gonna alternate and give you about 10 demon fun facts. Number one, did you know that demons are really just Jesus pirates? Yeah, it's true. Number two, did you know that demons only walk backwards on Thursdays? I think I do that. Does that make me a demon? Probably. <laughs> Number There's three. There's no way to know. <laughs> There's no way to know. Number three, did you know that demons speak perfect, perfect? <laughs> <laughs> I am a demon. I'm a demon. Okay. Did you know that demons speak perfect Igpe Atenle? Demons can speak perfect pig Latin, and KC cannot speak perfect English. <laughs> also, did you know that demons drive Buicks because they are our grandparents? <laughs> of course they do. Or Shaquille O'Neal. Did you know that demons are actually the reason that all of your houseplants die? That's true. Confirm. Indeed. That's what I blame every time I come into my office and my plants are looking a little droopy. Demons. Did you know that demons want you to know that they do CrossFit? (laughs) (laughs) Did you also know that demons don't have mothers-in-law? Indeed, it is true. Did you know that demons live in convenience store bathrooms? Number nine, did you know that demons floss with broken heartstrings? Mm. It's like they don't even care. (laughs) And finally, finally, did did you know that demons brag about being vegan, but you can always catch them at 4 a.m. on a Saturday night eating a McDonald's cheeseburger? Bum, bum, bum. Hashtag demon facts. (laughs) Hashtag Demon Facts. This has been Demon Facts with Corey and Casey. You are so welcome. Feel free to share those because they're totally factual and 100% true. I said true. Okay, you got there. I committed to correcting you before I listened to your whole sentence. (laughs) Because this is our relationship, isn't it? Okay, so let's get into some parenting fails, some parenting confessions, some parenting wins. Uh, Parenting fail... I just want to I just want to start off by saying that I have a kindergartner. He's 5. His name is Cash. We started out in virtual French school and then we told that to kick rocks and we've been doing homeschool recently. Yesterday we were in the car and we were driving and we were talking about the potential that we might move and that when schools open back up, Cash would go to in-person school whenever that is. And he, I look in the rearview mirror and he's got these big crocodile tears in his eyes. And I was like, what's going on? And he was like, mommy, I don't want to go to live school in person. And I was like, why? And he was like, because I really like it when you're my teacher. And it was a really sweet moment. And instead of saying, oh, well, we'll talk about it some other time. I was like, no. No, we will not do this forever. Do you hear me? (laughs) This is coming to an end. It will end. It has to end. It has to end. So anyway, that was my parenting fail for the week. Corey, do you have a a dog parenting fail? I do. And this might be the biggest dog parenting fail ever. I can't wait. So a couple weeks ago, so we take our dog to daycare. 
It's fine. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> we were so like it closed during the pandemic. And when we were able to take our dog back to daycare, we were so thrilled. And we were like, what would it be like to have an actual child that you're allowed yeah. to take back to daycare? <laughs> so we take him to daycare. And when I picked him up that day, like they cut his nails at daycare. And so I picked him up. The lady at the desk was like, we cut his nails, but we cut one of them a little bit short. He's been fine, but like he was running around and like it bled a little bit. So we put stuff on it, but it hasn't been affecting him. We were like, okay, great. So I was like on a Tuesday, Wednesday night. I was like, it kind of looks like my dog is limping a little bit. And I was like, his poor little nail. So then Thursday, like, it got a little bit worse, but, like, still wasn't horrible. And so I mentioned it to Ryan. I was like, hey, like, Leo is limping a little bit. I'm a little bit concerned. He was like, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure that nail is just a little bit sore. So then Friday, he doesn't even get out of bed. He won't put any weight on his foot at all. I have to basically carry him outside for him to use the bathroom. Slept all day. Like, I was going to get up and go work on the couch. But then he was like, I can't move. And I was like, we can have a bed day. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) This is what moms do. Right. So then he was like, no, it's okay, mom. I'm brave. I was like real worried about him. I called the vet and I was like, hey, this is what's going on. We think that it's just a nail. What can you do? So the vet prescribed us some like anti-inflammatory. So then the next day we woke up and it was bleeding. And so we call the vet again and we're like, this has happened. They were like, oh, well, it should stop bleeding. Whatever. Like you can, if you're real worried, you can go buy a cone from the store. Okay. One o'clock. It is still bleeding. So we take him to the emergency vet and they're like, yeah, no, this is not even the toe that like had was cut a little bit short. Like it's not even that toe. Like an abscess has ruptured and like we had to sedate him to be able to like clean it out. (laughs) And so that triggered this whole like week and a half long, like it was all bandaged. We couldn't put like we couldn't get the bandage wet or it was going to swell and then like cut off circulation to his foot. And so we had to put a little Ziploc baggie on his foot every time he went outside, all because we thought it was a toenail and it might have been a spider bite. (laughs) Oh, no. So anyway, we almost ended up with a three legged dog. He still has all four of them and he's fine now. Praise be. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some parenting confessions. Mine's kind of a an interesting one. So I just realized this week that it probably is a little bit strange that I do this, but I'm not going to apologize for it. So I get real, real tired of hearing the word mom. Mm. It agitates me to no end. And lately it's been mom. Can I tell you something? Mom. Can I tell you something? Mom. Can I tell you something? And there's not there. It's not like mom, can I tell you something? And then tells me something and then continues to tell me something. It's like everything is a new thing. So it's like every sentence has to start. Mom, can I tell you something? Yes. Everything, everything. I eventually was just like, you've got to call me something else. Like, I don't care what you call me, but you have to call me something else. Mm -hmm. And he was like, what do you want me to call you? Do you want me to call you KC? And I was like, no, don't call me KC because that's also my name and I really don't want you to wear it out. So let's pick something else. So we came up with Zelda and I'm not going to lie to you. Like sometimes I'll just make contact with him and he'll know like it's time to stop calling This is mom, not mom. mom. This is Zelda. This is Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> and it gives me a good laugh and it puts me in a better mood and it gets it, it gets it off my nerves. So it's a little bit of a confession because I let my child call me Zelda, but... Again, not apologizing for it because that's just where we are. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. What's your pre-parenting confession? Okay. So I can't I wait a, for this. It's a pre-parenting confession. 
It also might be a pre-parenting win. Depends on who you ask. My husband will call it a fail. I would call it a win. <laughs> so the other day I was scrolling Amazon, as you do. And I'm obsessed with their gift finders. Where, like, it tells you, oh, this is who you're shopping for? Buy them this. That's great. I love that, too. Yeah. yeah. So we were just sitting on the couch. Ryan was watching a TV show. I was scrolling Amazon. I came across these really cute baby onesies. It was like a pack of five. And I just started openly weeping over these baby onesies. (laughs) (laughs) They're made that way. So you'll do that. Right. And so then I went down this huge like rabbit hole where I was like cycling through Amazon baby stuff and Pinterest and... (laughs) <laughs> reading articles. And I was like, I don't know why I'm here or how I got here. <laughs> anyway, I keep looking at baby things. We're at Kroger last night. We had done our weekly grocery shopping and we were walking to the car and he goes, Corey, remind me to show you this email I got from Amazon today. And I was like, what is it? He was like, I'll just show you when we get in the car. I was like, all right. So he hands me his phone with this email pulled up. And it's like, hey, Ryan, we noticed that you've been looking at all these baby things. Can we show you these other ones? (laughs) And he was like, Corey, this has to stop. (laughs) What a subtle way to to be like, hey. It's so funny because I something happened with me recently where I was Googling something strange. And then our Hulu ads changed to Mm -hmm. that. And Greg was like, why are we all of a sudden getting Hulu ads about, you know, whatever? Convertible (laughs) strollers that (laughs) go from one kid to two kids to the whole crew. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, nothing like targeted marketing to like subtly (laughs) talk about big life decisions. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not telling my husband I want a baby. I'm just changing our targeted ads. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We're so millennials. Um. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, let's talk about some parenting wins. I have one from this week that's a little silly, but I love it and I don't care. I was, uh, I was, (laughs) I was at home with Cash. Greg had rigs and was out like driving him around. So he'll take a nap because it's the only freaking way he'll take a nap. Um, So, so anyway, I'm home with Cash. Cash is kind of like walking around the apartment, just going like, and he's just walking around the apartment doing that. And it was really irritating. It was really irritating. But I really wanted to watch Gossip Girl because I, this is like, my sixth time going through Gossip Girl and I'm like I was on the last season and I was like ready to get it done you know mm-hmm. so I told Cash I really want to watch TV <laughs> he said he said mom you can't right now because I'm trying to tame a chicken <laughs> and I was like okay I don't know what I've done to deserve this kid but it's a win. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a win. To have a kid who would who would run around the apartment balking um, and to be able to articulate to me that he was trying to tame a chicken. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. So anyway, that's my uh, parenting win of the week. I love it. Um, I want to take this opportunity to remind you all that are listening, if you have any parenting confessions, fails, wins, you can share those with us. On Instagram, on Twitter, at AutoParent. Corey, do you have a win for us? 
I mean, I will say that we started obedience training with my dog, with Sweet Leo. And the first week I called everyone. I was like, Leo is the best in the class. And they were like, is he actually the best in the class or do you just (laughs) think he's the best in the class? And I was like, that point is irrelevant. So then the second week, this past week, I called my husband and my dad and I was like, you know how last week it was subjective that my dog is the best in the class? (laughs) This week it is objective because there's another dog that has been doing all sorts of classes and the trainer was like, I'm going to be extra hard on, I don't remember the dog's name, Rover. (laughs) And because like he should be really good at all of this. And my dog, who has been in the class for two weeks, but is a genius and hyper food motivated, was flawless. That's amazing. Amazing. That is my parenting win this week. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, this has been a a very long segment called called Introductions, Demon Facts, Parenting Fails, Confessions, Parenting Wins. And as I mentioned, if you would like to share any parenting fails or confessions or wins, we would love to laugh, cry, celebrate alongside you with those things. You can uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at AutoParent. And now it's time. To do a little something different. Well, now it's time to have our get real section where we talk about the lectionary passage for each week. The first thing I want to do, though, is talk to Corey and to think through myself uh, a couple of questions about scripture, one of which is how do you typically approach scripture? Another would be what lens or posture do you find is most prevalent in your practice of reading scripture, whether it's devotionally or theologically or exegetically, just however you engage with scripture. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so now that I preach every week, my approach of scripture is a little bit different because I get so immersed in like the lectionary text or whatever text I'm preaching on that I get very hyper-focused and like tunnel vision on it. Preaching is just a whole, preaching weekly is just a whole different ball game. And so I have found that if I immediately jump to commentaries and jump to this is the background and the context and this is what all the Greek words mean, I get really overwhelmed and lost in it. And so I have to be really intentional about reading slowly through the scripture. Like a lot of weeks I will print it off double spaced and like make notes in the margins. What literally whatever jumps out at me gets written down, whether it makes it into the sermon at the end of the week or not is a different matter. Whether it actually fits doesn't matter. (laughs) Right. It is very much like I'm reading the scripture and it's loose word association. (laughs) From then (laughs) I will go to commentaries and find the context and see where the things that immediately jumped out at me mesh with the context and the history and what the author is trying to say and the theology behind it and all of that. And then I think of fun stories that go with it. Yeah, I love that. I love inviting sort of a creative imagination around the scripture first Mm -hmm. before diving into commentaries. I think that that's super, super helpful. And sometimes for me, like it helps me see things in the scripture that I never would have seen otherwise. I've been told that I typically approach scripture combatively, and I don't think that's necessarily Mm -hmm. true. I think perhaps in an interrogative posture. I mean, I think I think interrogating the scripture is definitely what I prefer. 
And so it, it allows me to like dig really deep into the, the context and to offer some, you know, justice perspectives and some other things that like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you just wouldn't normally get if you don't take that posture. I also lately have been reading scripture in different places which sometimes can just be referred to as displaced exegesis. But I've noticed that there are things that I pick up on in the scripture that I wouldn't have otherwise picked up on if I was just sitting at my desk in a normal spot. So yeah, I think that any and all of those practices can be helpful to those of you who are listening if uh, you're interested in how to approach the scripture in a way that doesn't feel trite or like it's a burden or a job that you're doing to to check off a box. So our lectionary text for this week comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. And this is what it sounds like in the New Revised Standard Version. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of the Lord. So, Corey, what are your initial reactions to this text? Well, my initial reaction is it feels like I got got punched in the stomach by the patriarchy. (laughs) Say more about that. Jesus has returned to this house with all the disciples and immediately heals the woman so she can wait on them. (laughs) That was, I don't know if you heard me as I was reading the lectionary text, but I I paused Mm -hmm. after that part because it gets me every time. Like she's healed. Great. Get her back in the kitchen. Yeah. And so that like, and that is one of the things where I read that and in my, before I read the commentaries, like I went to seminary, like I know things. But (laughs) the Candler difference. (laughs) Yep. The Candler difference. But hearing the like hearing just this from the woman's places in the home, the woman, even today, we have seen the burden of COVID-19 and homeschooling on the women in the household. (laughs) And so to have this in scripture and be like, this is Jesus shows up after healing the people and heal Simon's mother-in-law and she immediately starts cooking for them was hard. (laughs) So to have that be your initial reaction and then to think more about like the context of the years in which Jesus was alive and the role of women and the ways in which like her being sick affected her social status and like her inability to care for people affected more than just the household. Yeah. I mean, not just her social status, like her worth, you know, like Mm -hmm. um, sort of the way that you contribute in the house being a clear marker of how much you're worth to society as a woman, for sure. Yeah. I, I, 
that's such a helpful reflection. It makes me think about our parents uh, who might be listening to this and the ways in which they might struggle with managing a mm-hmm. household, whether it be, you know, um, male and female households or male and male households mm-hmm. or female and female households or just parent households, however our households shape up, um, there's there's always going to be a balancing act of of managing what it looks like to to work in and outside the home. And it's a struggle. It's a real struggle. I've been a part of moms groups where I have a lot of moms who work inside the home and don't have a job outside the home. And I've been in moms groups where there are, there are moms who all have jobs outside the home and also have to, you know, manage responsibilities inside the home as well. And it's a lot. I mean, I'm coming from me, I'm a mom who works outside the home, technically, but physically inside the home in this moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> homeschool's a five-year-old, and my partner and I have serious conversations about when and where and how we show up for each other and and figuring out how to how to do that balancing act. So I say all that to say, if if this is part of your daily conversations or if this is the work that you and your partner are up to, you're not alone. And yeah, it's good and holy, holy work. So yeah, I think my initial reactions <laughs> was the fact that Jesus doesn't permit the demons to speak. And it says, because they knew him. So it struck me as interesting that that actually wasn't that knowing Jesus wasn't attributed to the apostles, that it's attributed to the demons. And also Jesus speaks and the demons obey. Like Jesus speaks, the demons get cast out. And I definitely was like, Mm -hmm. can that be like mom speaks and the demons get cast out? Because in my house, that would be really, really helpful. (laughs) I talked last week about uh, feeling like sometimes I have to shake my kids and say, who's responsible for this? (laughs) Like, are you possessed? (laughs) Um, And it would be great if I could just speak the words and the demons would leave. That would be lovely. So yeah, those are just some, some of my initial reactions. What other thoughts do you have, particularly about how this text might function? Yeah, well, when you were talking about like being in the home, like these working moms, obviously like I don't have the same experience. Uh, I have a beagle and so he's very <laughs> stubborn, but I obviously don't have the same experience as uh, wanting to shake your children. <laughs> wanted to shake my dog before because he doesn't like to They sit. tell you not to do uh, that, not to shake them. So we just to be clear, shake, don't we, shake your kids. We don't recommend shaking them. <laughs> You heard it here first. Um, But I was just thinking about how there is so much that we have to get done in a week, regardless of how many kids we have, regardless of the help we have, and that it's okay to not get things done. Yeah, that's right. It is okay because one of the things that sticks out to me is that Jesus spends all of this time healing people. And he's like, all right, guys, I need a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I need to get away from this because I also have to care for myself. Yeah. Think like letting things go. And he even says, like, like when the disciples find him, they're like, hey, there are more people who need you. And he's like, we've got to move on. Yeah. We can't go back. And Jesus doesn't like to go backwards either. There you go. Yeah. Jesus doesn't (laughs) like to go backwards in the grocery store either. (laughs) He'll buy new toiletries in the next place. So. It is okay that we let things go. It is okay that we say that didn't get done today, but we have to move forward. Yeah. I, it makes me. Th- and if I had thought of that earlier, I would have preached that in my sermon. <laughs> yes. That's what this, that's what this is for. It's a catch all yeah. of all the things. Can we start recording this like on Thursday? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
how do you feel like this text particularly like relates to your world? Like how would you bring it into your world and perhaps let it enlighten you? Yeah, well, those demons, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one of the other things that like sticks out to me in the text is just this community aspect mm. where it's the community that has come for healing. Yeah. And I think about all of the times that like we as pastors have sat in waiting rooms with our members while we wait for another member to get out of surgery or in the midst of deep grief when we sit together and search for healing um, that we are called to be in community. I also find we're called to be in community in almost every text I read. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you could find a Corey sermon bingo card, (laughs) you're a beloved child of God. We're called to be in community. Jesus is really cool. Bingo. Yeah. This idea that like, yes, we are called to be in community and there is healing in community, but also we're allowed to step back. We're allowed to step back and let go of things and move on because I am really bad. I am all about backtracking in the grocery store. (laughs) I knew this was something we didn't have in common. (laughs) Yeah. Like I love, I love the grocery store. I love wandering the aisles. It has been dampened because of COVID and trying to get in and out quickly. But I am not good at saying, okay, I've done all that I can on this day. I'm going to go spend some time alone and then we're going to move on. I was thinking today that I have held a grudge for 10 years because my intramural soccer team, my freshman year of college, didn't win. Well, I mean, I'm not the right person to tell you that's not okay (laughs) because I think that's definitely okay. (laughs) Right. I realized today that it has been literally 10 years and I still hold on to this grudge (laughs) against this ref that was like one of my classmates and... Learn the rules for soccer 20 minutes earlier. Okay, Liz, here we do as we say, not as we do. Don't hold don't hold 10-year grudges about intramural sports. Precisely. <laughs> we won the next year and I've got the t-shirt and it's fun. Redemption. <laughs> but being a, like having the reminder that it is okay to let go of things. And that doesn't mean we're any less worthy. That doesn't mean we're a bad person. It doesn't mean we're not made in the image of God. But that even Jesus is like, okay, I have done all that I can here and it is time to move on. Yeah. I think that's a really, really helpful word, especially for parents. I know for me, I get this from my grandmother, I think, because she was, she is, and um, has always done this where nothing's ever sort of perfect enough. So we'll start Mm -hmm. with, I mean, all night she'll just be up picking up stuff off the floor, moving things, rearranging them. She changes her couch cushion pillows out like every three months. I think one year I actually got her. I had her, a roommate in seminary who did that. <laughs> I actually got her an ugly couch cushion for Christmas one year just so she could take it back. Like it was this joke that like this is what she enjoys doing the most. But I tend to just tinker, 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 tinker until mm-hmm. I feel like something is absolutely perfect. And for me, all the things that are going on in my life that I'm trying to manage. If I do that, I'll never sleep. I'll never, um, sort of get to the goodness, you know? So I think that's, that's a really, really helpful word. I think for me too, (laughs) I've been thinking as, as you were talking about Jesus needing a minute and it's something that I've tried to instill in cash. Uh, Riggs is still a little too young for this, but with cash, I've always tried to say, like, we don't do time out. We just do a minute alone. And it's okay to have a minute alone if you need a minute 
Um, and so we'll, we'll ask that question over and over again. Do you need a minute alone? But what I sometimes forget is that I also sometimes need a minute alone. <laughs> and so the other day I was sitting on the couch and I was having a moment where like parents tend to be human jungle gyms. And I had, mm-hmm. I think every person in the house and dog in the house was touching me and it was a lot and it, it got really yeah. super duper overwhelming. And I was just like, I need everybody to stop touching me <laughs> at once. Stop, yeah. like stop crawling on me, stop touching me. And Cash was like, I think you might need a minute alone. And I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I think I do. Um, and so it's nice. And I just want to say to anybody who's listening who might feel guilty about that, no, absolutely not. Like I've gone in the bathroom with both kids at home by myself. I've gone in the bathroom and shut the door and literally put a timer on my phone for one minute and turned out the lights and just been like, <laughs> just like deep breaths, yeah. deep breaths, deep breaths. They can't do anything in a minute that can't be fixed. It, it just, it was something that I needed so much. So yeah, if you need a minute alone, you can totally, totally do that. It's okay to ask and for And it's biblical because Jesus did it all the exactly. time. Exactly. It's <laughs> biblical. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I mean, I feel like, is there anything else you want to you wanna mention from this particular text? Those are the themes that really stick out to me too. Yeah, I did think of one more thing. Oh yeah, go for it. Thinking about this searching for Jesus as well. There are times when like we forget Jesus is there. Yep. I mean, obviously I don't I'm not saying that Jesus leaves us. Yeah. But there are times where we have to stop and take a moment to relocate where Jesus is in our lives. Yeah, that's helpful. And that that doesn't make us bad. Again, that doesn't make us bad people. Right. Because it's so easy to get caught up in all of our responsibilities. Every Sunday I get a notification on my computer, my iPad, my phone, and my watch. <laughs> How much time I've spent on those devices. (laughs) That's right. I used to get those too before I was like, nope, you will stop making me feel bad on Sundays. And so like, and it's like, hey, your screen time was up 16% last week. And I was like, well, shoot. (laughs) Thanks for judging me, Apple. (laughs) But getting so caught up in just the everyday, like even, I don't want it to sound like I'm comparing my dog to all of your sweet children. (laughs) But you're going to do it anyway. Do it. But... Like, my dog gets overwhelming sometimes, too. Yeah. <laughs> and just having the having the space to say, I need to take a step back and figure out where Christ is in my life and recenter myself so that I can tolerate the demons among me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really good. I think that's a good word to end on, actually. So, so yeah, let's talk about our parent mantra for this week. Every week we'll have a parent mantra, something that you can say to yourself or to your partner so that you can be reminded you're not alone. The Auto Parent Podcast family and the Foundry Family Ministries are with you on this journey. Your mantra for this week is, it's okay to have a minute alone. It is okay to have a minute alone. Cool. Because friends, if you don't believe that, then it's going to be really hard to convince your kids. This has been the Auto Parent Podcast, episode five, with our special guest, Reverend Corey Alexander Willette. Do you have any words for the people before we go? This has been a lot of fun. And Casey just put me on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Stay classy, friends. We love you, and we'll see you next time. 
You can find out more information about Foundry United Methodist Church by visiting our website, www.foundryumc.org. If you're specifically looking for information about our family ministries department or our offerings for parents, you can find those at www.foundryumc.org slash family ministries. Thank you.